cowboys and pioneers Come lend your eyes and ears I've got the need to testify Don't try to build your nest Out in the open west Cause there's a million ways to die Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast This is review number 297 With a review of A Million Ways to Die in the West I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick and I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, you know, we are popping our cover wagons, heading out west, and trying not to die of dysentery. How are you guys doing? Mm, my favorite. Dying of dysentery or not dying of dysentery? D- uh, both, yeah. Yeah, no, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, every time I played Oregon Trail and I got died of dysentery, I was just like, damn it. What was the other one you can die of? I keep wanting to say chlamydia, but I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> I think it was cholera. I think it was cholera. <laughs> cholera, yeah. <laughs> your, your version I'm, of chlamydia. I mean, maybe you, you could probably die from chlamydia uh, back then, I'm sure. <laughs> the, the, who knows? Yeah, I mean, if there are really a million ways to die in the West, then that has to be one of them. Chlamydia yeah. has to be one. Yeah, uh, you, you would only imagine. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this film does cover many of the million ways, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a big cry. Short, uh, I don't know what the freaking phrase phrase. Is. Basically, you're, you should just fill in the blanks uh, for the rest of the uh, ways that you could pe- potentially die in the West. Yes, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, were, were, were either of you guys excited to see this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can say that with confidence. It's very, not very blunt. Let, very let, direct let re- and blunt. Let, let, let me uh, uh, let me rephrase it this way: uh, Are you a fan of Seth MacFarlane? And in comparison to, say, like Ted, uh, what was your level of excitement for this film? I I, I was just pretty neutral. Like being uh, one of the few people who disliked Ted, I figured uh, this would be more of the same. Um, but, you know, I was pretty much like anyone else my age and watched Family Guy religiously uh, for its, like, first four or five seasons. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of kind of stopped watching it. I mean, even if you still watch Family Guy now, it's not as good as it was, but I feel like it's still watchable. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, like, a diehard Seth MacFarlane fan. I know there are people who live and die by his humor, but uh, I think some of it, some of it works, and then sometimes it doesn't. But I, I was pretty neutral on seeing this movie after having been burned by Ted. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, every I think everyone, even remotely our age, was a fan of Family Guy in the heyday, uh, and I was a fan when it got rebooted or whatever you would call it on uh, on Cartoon Network years later i watched it pretty religiously still for a few years um and and the thing is seth MacFarlane is funny like i I think he's a funny writer he has good ideas what he lacks and maybe we'll probably talk about this more in the in the actual movie review is he lacks an editor like he should be a guy at a round table because some of his stuff lands and some of it really doesn't. And when right. it doesn't, then in Family Guy especially, he'll just drill it down, right? Like Peter Griffin going, eh, 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 like a thousand yeah. times. It's almost um, as if he has like a little button 
that continues the joke and he's watching real-time analytics for how people are receiving the jokes and if yeah, it doesn't land he just holds decide. it down until that spikes yeah but but I, at the same time i can't i can't deny that he's a funny dude like family guy had some very clever jokes in it right um, and even this might be unpopular but i actually enjoyed him as the host of the oscars too i thought he did a pretty good job of that I actually did too. Like I was, yeah. I I came away from watching that actually really impressed, and it sort of turned me around on um, him because uh, I mean, well, l- l- I'll let you continue if you were still talking. Sorry, not not really. Basically, I'm just saying that he's done good stuff, but at the same time, Seth MacFarlane movie has never been a uh, a sentence that would make me run out to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I was not thrilled about Ted at all, and this even less so. Like, I just didn't didn't care about the premise, but I knew it could be funny. Yeah, I, I, um, in in general, I think I've said a few times in the podcast that I'm not a huge Seth MacFarlane fan in general, just because when I, when I think back to, you know, if I if I just think about Family Guy and I think about Ted, which is mostly what I think about if I'm trying to think if I like him or not, um, like you know, Family Guy, like you guys said, watched it a lot. Um, when it first was a thing um, and I enjoyed it I enjoyed the hell out of it and over time it sort of felt like it became kind of a parody of itself um, mm-hmm. and I sort of just like the the things that were the extreme parts of it uh, just continued to grow and grow and sort of take over um, as a whole and I kind of you know just stopped watching it um, and it became a thing that like if it was on and somebody's watching it I would watch it also and maybe I might enjoy it but I wouldn't get super excited about it uh, if you listen to our review of Ted I very, very much did not like that movie. <laughs> um, it made me hate a whole people <laughs> group. <laughs> and um, maybe that's because he did too well of a satire of that people group, maybe. I mean, so so maybe the fact that I hated it so much is actually a praise of his critique of, um, you know, making a film that is, that is somewhat satire. Uh, but it's hard for me to make that call. Uh, when, when the trailers for... Um, for a million ways to die in the west came out though i was actually like whoa this is like the f- first time in a long time that i've seen something of his that i was like excited it's not really the word but um i was very optimistic i was kind of like okay this looks pretty funny uh i like what he's doing it, it seems like there's it's, it's going to continue in the line of crassness uh but i i like at least the conceit of the film and what he's trying to do with it um, and it, it definitely, it obviously feels more satire than Ted was. Like, Ted didn't feel like satire. I'm just giving him the credit that maybe I... Yeah, I'm not even sure, having not watched Ted, but being fairly familiar with it, like, what would it have been a satire of? Just the whole Bostonian <laughs> lifestyle. Bostonians. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which I don't, think Mark it, I don't think it was, but... Well, I, I, like, I didn't, I didn't walk out of the theater thinking it was. I just walked out of the theater hating Boston. Um and right. having watched A Million Ways to Die in the West, I feel there is a slight, very, very, very slight uh, you know, chance that it could have been a satire. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying about um, him hosting the Oscars, like, I walked out of that going like, you know, like, this is a very smart and talented man, and maybe he is not stuck in the world of humor that I... Um, am like less and less liking over time but maybe he just genuinely likes that and like I, I feel like he the man is above a level of humor that he just happens to enjoy and it's not that that's all he can do it's that that's just what he likes so he does it for fun but 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for him as a person. I think he is a very smart guy. Um, and, you know, some of that comes out in his, uh, in his comedy because there are some very smart and clever things that he does. And some of it is overshadowed by, like, fart jokes and, uh, you know, semen on people. Sheep penises. <laughs> type jokes. <laughs> um, I mean... He's definitely, I mean, yeah, he's definitely a, a, a smart dude for the the empire that he's created from all of his comedies. And, I mean, I, I enjoyed him as uh, as the Oscar host, too. And I thought that uh, he kind of gave a welcome jolt to, you know, sort of a stiff ceremony. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I, I thought it was, you know, a pretty good hosting job. And, uh, you know, I, I agree, like, with what you guys have been saying, like he's obviously a funny guy and a lot of his stuff works and a lot of his stuff doesn't just because he does like to extend things and take things to the extreme and drill things to the ground where it just becomes not funny anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of hit and misses, but you know, I, I, I still respect the guy for at least going for it sometimes and and for what he does. So Yeah. But all that to say, I wasn't totally thrilled about this movie, but I thought it could have been okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, uh, what do you say we get in and find out whether it was kind of okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to take a look at the trailer for A Million Ways to Die in the West and then come back and give you our full review. the ice why is it so big so it doesn't melt it's actually really interesting how they do it it's this one company out in boston that that went south so fast the american west is a terrible place in time everything out here that's not you wants to kill you angry drunk people hungry animals outlaws the doctor i couldn't save her she had a splinter doc what the hell were you supposed to do? I would like to welcome a new member to our community. Welcome to our awesome town. What's with this fair? Every year, people die. Really? Everybody hold still. People die at the fair. People die at the fair. Somebody in this town is going to die. Please don't shoot us on sex night. You beat this guy at a gunfight, you're going to be a real hero. He's the most vicious gunfighter in the territory. I'm going to teach you how to shoot. Start. Dude, you really shouldn't drink in horse. Ah. Aim up. Get ready, I'm about to shoot a full load at your can. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, hey. oh no idea. You've never seen one? No, I feel like I should have a piece of cake or something. All right, you ready? Yeah. <sighs> I know you're here, Stark. Wow, 
You look amazing. I really love that the most alluring fashion today is to simulate a fat ass. If I was a black guy, this is the meanest trick you could play on me. <laughs> a million ways to die in the West. Maybe the frontier is not so bad after all. Hey! It's a sweet young couple. Can I interest you folks in a miracle cure? <laughs> Holy sh! Okay, so you just listened to the trailer for A Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, we have Seth MacFarlane plays this little sheep farmer guy who, uh, you know, has, has just been broken up with by his girlfriend. And, you know, that act coincides with, you know, a lot of gunslinging action and a pretty bad dude who comes to town. And also a hot chick that has arrived in town. And he has to balance the, uh, you know, the dangerous ways of living in the West with, uh, you know, his new uh, lady interest and, you know, maybe some guy who's coming after his ex-girlfriend and uh, maybe the threat of being shot in the face by a bad guy. So, Carson, why don't you start us off and let us know if this film worked with you or worked for you and uh, what you thought of it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, like, I actually kind of sort of like this movie. Uh, I... I, I was genuinely surprised, uh, and maybe it's fitting because since everyone seemed to really like Ted and I didn't, um, and then now everyone seems to really, really hate this film, that I would uh, be more on the positive side, uh, the opposite of, of what everyone was for Ted. But uh, I, I don't, like, I think overall, I think I admire the film more than I actually enjoy it or enjoyed it but um i think there is a lot of uh a lot of positives in it i think that that uh i think overall it's sort of an ambitious movie in the sense that uh it kind of reminded me of your highness in a way uh and i think that your highness was a, a far funnier movie and a better movie but whereas you know in that movie they uh they they first and foremost were trying to make like a legit fantasy movie and then it just happened to have like a lot of raunchy humor in it <laughs> like i feel like seth I, I feel like seth MacFarlane is sort of taking the same approach to the western genre where like he's trying to make like a pretty serious western but it just happens to have a lot of like crude comedy in it. And uh, I think that approach really surprised me because I was expecting just what I expected from Ted, which was just this ridiculous comedy. And, you know, it just happened to be set uh, in the West. But I I feel like, you know, that there's something a lot, you know, he's, he's going for a lot more than just, uh that kind of movie like I, I think from you know from the opening credits alone and just to the eye for detail like I, I think that this is one of the the best looking movies so far this year especially like uh studio movies I think it has like a really uh nice and rich natural color palette and it looks really really good and I think the production design in the film is as good as any like serious Western movie. Like I, I think that he really, they really went all out to make this look like a legitimate uh, production. Uh, and I, I was very impressed by that. I, I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah, like I, I think, you know, 
the movie is definitely not perfect. It's very clunky in spots, and it, it sort of starts and stops uh, for for the most part, and it definitely overstays its welcome. Uh, it's it's almost two hours, and while I wasn't bored during it, it, it definitely started to meander at times, and you could sort of feel the uh, that it was going on for, for longer than it should have. But, uh, and obviously a lot of the humor, a lot of the humor doesn't stick, but uh, there were definitely some parts that I thought were really funny and uh, also very clever. But uh, I think for, for the most part, though, like he was just try- attempting to make like, a, a, you know, a, a serious Western that just happened to be really stupid and ridiculous, <laughs> have stupid and ridiculous comedy in it. Because uh, it, it was weird how, like, there were definitely long stretches in this movie where they weren't attempting to make you laugh. Like, it was just purely, uh, you know, pushing the story along or having uh, character moments between Seth MacFarlane and Charlize Theron. Uh so I was just very surprised by that, that, that they took this approach to uh, this movie. Well, it, it's it's so, also possible that during those long stretches, stretches, they were trying to make you laugh. It just wasn't working. <laughs> right. It just wasn't landing. But I, I feel like there were definitely there were definitely some spots where, like, you know, they were trying to craft, like, an actual story from it instead of just being like, oh, like, this is, you know... The, this is the West, and it sucks. And like, here's how you could die from living in this time period, yeah. which they, they do. But I mean, I think they was actually trying to, you know, to do something a little more than than just have it be this one joke premise. Um, so I, I was I, I was sort of pleasantly surprised by how much uh, I, you know, I, I didn't hate the film. Like, I, I really went in thinking that it was going to be a bust, so I, I was glad that it wasn't. Uh, Steven, were you glad, that, or first of all, was this film a bust for you? And if not, were you also glad that it wasn't a bust? It depends how you define bust. <laughs> I, I, I use Charlize um, Theron to define it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the film had busts in it. Um, so I... I would say this movie was exactly what I thought it would be, given my knowledge of Seth MacFarlane, um, which means the pros and cons were all there. Uh, so much like Family Guy, this did have some genuinely funny gags in it. Like, I, I don't even want to list them because they're pretty good when they come up. Like, funny observations about things that happen in the West, things about like how people's photos are taken, uh, violence that kind of happens out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, some things like I thought the whole premise of Sarah Silverman's character was very funny. <laughs> I, I laughed quite a bit at that. Um, it, it, was, it was like every few minutes there would be something that would remind you, oh, Seth MacFarlane is a funny guy. Like he actually, he's clever and he's witty. Yeah. But then so many other parts of the movie would remind me, oh, he also has no filter and he's very lowbrow and <laughs> doesn't really know how to, uh, he doesn't know when he's nailing a joke too far yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was also tons of raunch that was not like oh this is fun raunch it was more like come on are you, are you serious yeah you, it was like we got it why? four seconds ago before you had to actually show it to us yeah like why why, why are you showing us this <laughs> like uh, that's you bring it back with like some meta humor which i really don't want to spoil but at least a few of the actors in this movie there are jokes specifically about them and other roles that they've played or parts of their yeah. lives that they've had uh, and and all of that was 
fun. Um, but I don't know. They, he, I know he made this script with other people, but it really feels exactly like a Family Guy script in that there are some jokes that are just shoved in to have this like Peter Griffin or Brian type non sequitur so he can rant about something. Um, and in those moments especially, it would fall really flat. I, I also thought, so, so Carson liked the fact that he was trying to make a legitimate Western. And I'm not, I'm not positive that he was, but I will say there were definitely long stretches of no humor, especially when there was, say, romance or him building up to something. Yeah. And those just did not work for me at all. Like the, the chemistry between him and Charlize Theron was just non-existent as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I, I think part of that goes back to maybe he should have written this movie but not insisted on starring in the movie because I think he's a much funnier person with his ideas than he is a charismatic screen presence, um, which really made the movie, when it was stretching on and on, be kind of a chore to watch. Hmm. But at the same time, it never stretched on and on for too long without giving me at least one joke that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll agree also, like what Carson said, the production quality was pretty damn good in this movie. Like the cinematography was nice, the set design looked yeah. good. I liked, there wasn't much music, which was a shame because I think that's his strong suit, actually, is these musical numbers. Um, <laughs> we got but, the one. Yeah, but, there's the mustache. Yeah, but what song. there was, I thought was, <laughs> yeah. I thought was entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. In the end, it was, like Family Guy, it was maybe five or ten minutes of really funny crammed into a longer thing, in this case, two hours, which happens to be more painful than 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> And it was just kind of, it was a parody of something that didn't need to be parodied. It, like, I don't think any of us are currently taking the, this style of Western seriously in the way where this will be subversive or like a big laugh of recognition all the time. Yeah. It's kind of just like whatever he was going for, Blazing Saddles did both the raunch and the wit better already. Oh, yeah, yeah and for sure. I, and of course, it's not like you have to compare those, but it's just he wasn't offering something fresh. Like, in my mind, it was strictly worse than the good parodies I can think yeah, of. Yeah, well, um, with, with regards to your... I mean, obviously, you kind of... If, if it's trying to critique Westerns, you kind of have to compare it to Blazing Saddles. But as, as a side yeah. note, the first time I saw Blazing Saddles, I was not told we were watching a comedy. Somebody just... We were at, at like, a... Remember, you guys remember movie rental places, right? It was called, like, Blockbuster or something like that? Block... Um, oh, no, that can't so be right. I, no. Me, I was out visiting some friends, and we went into a Blockbuster, and somebody was like, oh, oh let's watch Blazing Saddles. And just, like, looking at the title, I was like, oh, I, I guess I'll watch a Western. <laughs> and, like, it, I was not, like... I was sitting down expecting to watch a serious Western and was not prepared. And it was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Just because like the, <laughs> the not walking in thinking I was going to watch a funny movie, just like prepared to watch some like Western that I'm not going to like it kind of, it, it worked on even more levels than it should have necessarily. So I don't know. I just little, little tangent story, but thought no, I mean, I, I feel the same when I watched it, I knew it was humor going in, I think, because I knew it was a Mel Brooks yeah. movie. But still, I mean, that that movie had just serious laughs throughout yeah. it. And this just... It, it isn't really fair to compare, because I don't think Seth MacFarlane would ever say he's going to be the next Mel Brooks or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. expect but, um, him to. Like, that movie maintained a level of energy that this just doesn't do at all. 
Right. Um, well, it, it's also like a better edited film, I guess you would say. It's it's more compact and not uh, uh, clunky in its narrative, and yeah. like, it, I, it's I, very it's very concise. I, I would say that this version of the West is more in line with like like the weird naked Indian in Wayne's World or something. Like that, <laughs> that's kind of the sort of humor that this is going for. Uh, but I, I don't really know who to blame because the the actors, maybe with the exception of Seth MacFarlane, who's not exactly an actor, um, they hammed it up great, I thought. Like Liam Neeson was really funny in his role. Neil Patrick Harris is always good. Yeah. Uh, I, Sarah Silverman delivered her lines just fine. Uh, I, I don't know, like everybody did well and they were clearly making a fun, campy movie. It's just like like how I imagine Prairie Home Companion to be, though I've never watched it. It's like a, a funny riff on something that doesn't hit home enough for me to laugh at yeah. it, I guess. Uh, possible shocker here. I actually kind of enjoyed this movie a lot. <laughs> Uh, not for maybe the reason I was supposed to. Uh, like I, I when the trailer first came out, I was kind of like, "Oh, like this looks like a an actual funny, um, a, a a legitimate funny Seth MacFarlane vehicle," and uh, I was I was kind of you know excited for that aspect of it. And I think the the straight humor of it. Um, didn't necessarily work the way it was supposed to, kind of like the way you guys have mentioned how it's like, yes, there are, there are some legitimate funny parts and it sort of falls flat. But I think this film is trying to do three things. And I think the, uh, the, the way it prioritizes those three things are kind of why it works for me. Um, so I don't think it's trying to do to be a legit Western, but I think it is trying to be a straight up critique of the Western film. Um, not necessarily trying to like I think the Western story, it, it it's critiquing more the Western um, scene, the Western like you know the frontier itself rather than the Western genre of film, um, and mm. then it's trying to be like a I think it's trying to be a straight up romantic comedy, um, and then I think it's trying to be a Seth MacFarlane joke fest, and I think that to its credit, it I think it prioritizes the joke fest third. Um, I think it tries to. It, it goes for the critiquing, it goes for the romantic comedy, uh, um, and then it fills in the gaps by throwing in all the Seth MacFarlane jokes. And I think for me that works because it's sort of some of those jokes don't land, um, as you guys have been saying. And, and I think prioritizing the critique and the the you know, relationship aspect um, and his story, those, those elements w- hit for me more than the joke elements do. And since the joke is prioritized third, it kind of made it work overall a little bit better for me. Um, I actually disagree with you, Stephen, that their uh, their chemistry uh, completely fell flat. Uh, I I liked it. Um, maybe it's just because I'm super infatuated with Charlize Theron and the idea that <laughs> uh, Seth MacFarlane's character could land her is somehow... Uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but like... I I I'm more captivated by that aspect of it. Like you know, it, it's it's this dude who's like has nothing to offer, who lands a hot chick. That trope, and I am a sucker for yeah. that. But but doesn't it feel like? And I, I don't want to interrupt you for too much. But doesn't it feel like? Yeah, it was the schlubby dude gets the hot girl movie. But it was like it just 
bootstrapped off the fact that other movies have convinced us this could happen. Like, I didn't feel like it ever gave me a reason to think he's actually a guy that she would like, other than, like, oh, he's the lead character, and so she's going to fall for him. Well, I, I, well, I, I, th- I think they totally give uh, valid reasons for why uh, they would both be into Seth MacFarlane. And also, we should point out that Seth MacFarlane has dated Amelia Clark in real life, so I'm pretty sure he can date Charlize <laughs> Theron in real life as well. So uh, I don't think he has any problem getting the, I don't the know, ladies. It, it just felt like he's like making her laugh, and that's what she likes, but all of those were the jokes that didn't land at all to me. It was just but, like, show that he's funny, ha ha, look, they're laughing about there something. There was that whole scene, though, where she was saying, like, yeah, like, Amanda Seyfried's character is crazy for dumping you because... You're a smart, witty dude, and she was like naming off all his qualities. Well, he, he, okay, so here, here's the thing for me. I think, I think a lot of um, Seth MacFarlane's humor is steeped in whether it's real or not. This uh, there, there's sort of an arrogance and a not necessarily superiority to it, but like I think his humor is very much in putting down others uh like mm-hmm. presenting either the main character or the person making the joke as better in some way than the person the joke is being cast at and i guess technically all humor is based on that but i think that there's just this cockiness to him in general that uh that at least at least when i think of him i kind of picture this this cocky arrogance and i think his character is he's not quite an an everyman but he is very much subdued and coming at the um it's it's less i hate the world because the world is stupid and more i hate the world because i don't feel i bring anything to the world and um like this place sucks uh but like, like i don't know there, there's some sort of uh humanity in him outside of just being arrogant and i think that allowed me to accept his character and to latch on to him a little bit more um and i think that uh the fact that he wasn't I don't, I don't know, some, something about it, it worked, and I can't sort of place it, but, like, does that sort of make sense to you guys? Well, no, I mean, yeah. I, I agree, like, because my main problem with Ted was that it felt completely self-righteous, and the stuff that it was making fun of, um, whether it be other movies or other people, it's like the... Ted itself as a movie was no better than the stuff it was making fun of, in my opinion. And I feel like the humor and uh, the characters in this film were not like that at all. Like, I felt like that, you know, the humor came from or comes from, you know, parodying this time in, you know, life or critiquing certain aspects of the old west or the tropes of this genre you know that the humor mostly comes from those elements and not from you know some foul mouth teddy bear just saying like oh katie perry sucks or you know like something like something like that you know where it's just like it's putting down other people or movies and acting like it's superior yeah and, and i'm definitely not i'm i'm not trying to say that he is unlikable in this like I, I agree that he doesn't have his usual arrogance or kind of dickishness i just feel like he's he's nothing in this he's like he's a vehicle for making 
Seth MacFarlane observations, and other than that, he's just a blank slate kind yeah. of. So the the romance didn't work for me because I didn't feel like he was a character other than just the the monologues that Seth MacFarlane wanted to have in the movie. But but I, but um, I think in a, in a way that sort of a, like so Charlize Theron comes from you know like this she has her own view on the world that like everybody is either everybody is either like a, a gun toting pissing contest uh, brawler or like this drunk hillbilly who like literally is just like drinking and trying to sleep with hookers and stuff like that and and Mm -hmm. while the fact that the world is so polarizing with just those two types of people um and that you know seth MacFarlane is maybe just a blank slate who is possibly a little bit charming and doesn't fit into either of those camps maybe he shouldn't get credit for just being that because that's just the way the script wrote it but i think that to me if Charlize theron comes from the world that she does and is just like the world is like that her life isn't the way she expected it to turn out and um she encounters this guy who isn't just trying to blow people away or like drink like crazy or do whatever like even if his passions are just for sheep farming and for a girl that dumped him she is seeing some aspect of him that like he is an anomaly in this world that is pretty terrible and just because he's not maybe like Charlize's ideal person, he is ideally a person in that world that stands out for her. It's it's the anomaly thing that I feel... I feel like they're both anomalies in the sense that when they're interacting, they're not characters. They're people with the hindsight of being 21st century, people just laughing and trying to co-opt the normal rom-com type. Like, the way they talked, I never... And, and maybe I can't exactly explain this. I never felt like this was even remotely trying to say these are two Western people interacting. It's <laughs> no, just like, no. here, these are two actors shooting the shit and talking about how dumb Western... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I get what they were going for. It just didn't... I didn't feel chemistry there, except for they both get to have the hindsight of being hundreds of years in the future. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> well, it, that was exactly... It, it does feel like they're self-aware oh, of, of the fact mm-hmm. that they're in the movie. Um and that didn't bother me. Um, it, it feels like two people evolved past the rest of humanity in a in a level of under. So it's kind of X Men if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> the, yeah, two. They went back in the, time. The, their chemistry works because the two mutants that were alive during the frontier days uh, happened to both meet yes. each other. Well, I think that's the same approach that they uh, they took to Your Highness as well. Like, I don't think anyone in that movie was uh, pretending to not be self aware. For, or for not... sure, I just didn't think anybody liked that movie. <laughs> I, I I think I think Your Highness is a is a vastly underrated comedy. I, I think that is a. Well, I, I, I think uh, Your Highness. Yeah. Also, I mean, it, it's in the name, so I guess it's not that good of a complaint to have. But I mean, it, it's. I think its humor is literally stuck in the pot humor genre, um, and it doesn't... I mean, it's totally a pot humor movie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like like that, I think if you're not into pot humor movies, Your Highness is semi-grading during majority of it, and it, like, I, I think it's more pot humor than it is fantasy humor. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that... Uh... I think that the characters in that film are also like the characters in this film where they are definitely self-aware of the genre and they basically speak like 21st century people. Yeah. Um, 
yeah that and and, and also i will throw out and say that uh I had no problem with Seth MacFarlane as the lead in this film. I, I thought he was actually, he, he held the screen pr- pretty well. And uh, while the the chemistry between uh, Charlize Theron and him, uh, it wasn't the greatest, but I thought it was, I thought there was definitely something there. I thought they had a good rapport. Yeah. Um, so I, I had no problem with uh, with him as the lead. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I thought that, like, you know, like, like us saying, you know, him being, you know, praising him as the Oscar host. Like, I think he does have a screen presence, whether he's doing, you know, a voice or he's actually on screen uh, performing. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, like, I'd be more than willing to see him do like a serious role. Like, I, I, I think he's, I, I think he can do it. I, for me he looks like a cartoon like he yeah yeah it does yeah to separate like in in this i thought it was a pretty good job but because it was the film itself wasn't a serious tone uh i i could forgive that but it's like it's hard for me to to look at him and not see a guy who is joking um so i mean i i think he could potentially have the chops to try to do something more dramatic and actually serious but um, he seems like a caricature like that has come to life. Like so, somebody cast a spell on a drawing and he popped into being and now he's here. Like, like he is the cartoon <laughs> equivalent of Ted. Like, you know, a little boy just yeah, wished no, him to yeah. life and now he's here right. and, and we got to figure out how to accept him. What do we do with him? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I mean, he does. He he does have that, that quality and he has like the the, the voice of of someone who uh you know is a voice actor too obviously yeah it ba- basically we should just condemn him for his good looks and cartoon you know uh, basically all of his qualities damn you seth mcfarlane how are you 40 <laughs> and look eternally youthful <laughs> the, the thing is he, you know he he definitely has a presence in the sense of like the oscar host i i mean you you could feel that and a lot of that is he's very charismatic his joke delivery is pretty good. His ability to sing helps a lot. In the, it's the same reason Neil Patrick Harris is like the host of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who is also in this movie, probably not coincidentally. I mean, they're, I won't say their types of humor are similar. But that, that role seems custom written for him. Oh, yeah, totally. I yeah, mean, there are some lines did. that very clearly are custom written yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think they're, they both have this same kind of old-timey return to, like, big, broad humor uh, streak in them that definitely works for hosting stuff and for playing outlandish characters. It's really just as a sympathetic lead where I feel like there's too much of a... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm projecting onto him. There's too much of an implicit, like, smirk in everything he does that I don't... I I wasn't on board for him as the lead in this movie. Well, I I think for me, maybe the way it works is... uh, in in his in his observational humor in this film it comes from a place of i don't know either desperation or like he's legitimately fearful for and, and like uh like he the the existence of being in the frontier is uh detrimental to his health and to his like psychology like he he doesn't like being there so it's it because he's coming to it from the standpoint of like god why does this all suck as opposed to like you guys are all stupid and i hate this place like it's 
like he hates it because it's legitimately threatening to him um so i think i don't know there's something about the way that dynamic works that makes the observation uh more like i'm able to sympathize for him because it's it's not just a defense mechanism it's literally like complaining about like the situation he's in um yeah i don't know Make sense? I can, I I can see that. But I guess so. So we kind of got on a tangent talking about him. Uh, but so you're saying the movie as a whole, it worked for you because it focused first on the critique of the West, and the romance, and then last, lastly the humor. Uh, but did you, if you were actually being given a movie that's not presented as a comedy, that's just trying to do a kind of riff on. The West, like a Western movie and a romance movie, would you really say this works? I don't know. It feels so. Fr- it feels more like watching a play or something to me than an actual movie of it. it I, there's something very like frigid and hammy about it. There, there is. I, I don't think I can deny that. Um, and and I think even the things in those, you know, in in the critique genre and the romantic comedy genre that um, work for me. I think none of that feels, um, I almost said authentic, but I don't, that's not what I mean, because I'm not trying to say that it was bad. I, it, none of it feels original, and it feels like, no, it's just doing that thing that has been done a lot, and I, I think I think maybe the reason it works is because I'm surprised that it worked at all, and mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, I, I think you, you actually said this earlier, Carson, but you said you admire it more than you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And I think I more enjoyed it than you, but because of how much I admired it, maybe. Um, like, I, I think it's one of those things where um, I, I don't... I'm like, I'm maybe giving it a pass because it worked at all, and I expected zero of it to work. It was one of those things where, like, it was it was enough... It's kind of like, you know, when you, when you watch, like... If, if you watch, like, an episode of The Blacklist, right... It has to just meet a minimum standard of espionage thriller because it's on TV and you aren't, like, it's not supposed to be, like, the first Mission Impossible movie or something. Like, you're not expecting, like, a legit, uh, really good espionage spy thriller. You're just kind of watching a television show. Um, and you, you give mm-hmm. it, like, you, it's really hard to stack any episode of The Blacklist up against any semi-decent espionage thriller movie. Um, but... Like, I watch that show, and I enjoy it because, you know, partially because it's James Vader and partially because sometimes some of the villains they come up with are interesting, and, you know, I just sort of watch it. This, I kind of feel like in the same way, like, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to stack this up against, like, 500 Days of Summer as far as, like, romantic comedy movies go, um, because mm. this literally brings nothing to the table. It's just that, for me, it worked, and I was able to enjoy the romance that that didn't work for you and to um you know even though like i i understand it that like you know this guy who can't shoot is gonna have to try to shoot against somebody who's like a proficient shooter like that like that's just gonna happen and i can assume how that's gonna play out um but i don't necessarily know the path through which that's gonna um get there and even though I have a pretty good idea of where all the characters will be after the events play out. I still care that they make it there and their journey as a whole. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like it it meets a standard um, 
just barely that allows me to go through it and go like you know what that that was fun like, i think i've referred to movie, movies as cute in the past on the podcast like it's like that was that was a cute movie like i mm-hmm. i had fun with it i enjoyed it i liked the progression of the character and kudos to them for accomplishing that <laughs> yeah i so so i don't disagree i i get my my way of saying it is if this had been like a season nine episode of how i met your mother where they decided to do like a western episode yeah <laughs> i would have been like oh you know they they were pretty spot on that, that was pretty good <laughs> they tried yeah, yeah. but but when it's a two-hour movie with clearly like serious actors and production value i don't know what the budget was but they clearly had something in this yeah. movie i have a i have more trouble sitting for two hours and going like yeah that was cute you know i more i more feel like hey you you made a two-hour movie you know you've got all these people involved you can you can do better than this like i'm i'm not going to put this in the same yeah status that i would have put a a double feature family guy in the west with singing which probably would have been better actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah so wait basically basically chris what you were saying uh was basically uh it didn't bring anything new to the table but it brought something yeah mm-hmm. it, it brought enough and you and you and you give that a thumbs up yeah that's i mean i and i think that i think that's my my liking comes from that too is that i wasn't expecting for there to be this extra element of like, oh, hey, like he's actually trying to make like a legitimate Western or whatever. You know, he's like trying to do something more than just be a silly comedy. Yeah. Well, it- and like I said, I, I especially from like the opening where we get all the, the Vista shots and like the 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 title font and all the, you know, uh, the music and stuff like that, that all felt very like classically Western. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think yeah. what this movie is is it's like, and it's sort of like a like a California burrito, where you can walk into any Mexican food place and order a California burrito, and chances are it's gonna be good enough. Like, it obviously <laughs> you can go to like your favorite Mexican restaurant and and order it, and it's gonna be like, oh, this is freaking amazing. Like I could die right now and be happy. But if you go to any hole in the wall, order a California burrito, you're gonna eat it, and you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be full. You're gonna be like that tasted good enough. Uh, and that is like that it's it's like you're boiling away all the extra stuff that makes the other things like super awesome and you're still left with the you know the carne asada meat (laughs) and the french fries yeah yeah like you have the basic (laughs) components that make up a california burrito and they all taste good on their own so when you smash them together they're gonna taste good um well, I think that's the Seth MacFarlane style is let me smash all these things together that I think you'll like and <laughs> yeah. serve it to you. Right. And, you know, maybe maybe half the fries are not going to be good, but, you know, <laughs> we'll smother those in guacamole and we'll yeah. put exactly. a lot of cheese, you know, right? like super you're, you're cheesy. Like that, that, I think this is a really good analogy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see the light. Yeah, maybe the tortilla is a little burnt. <laughs> I, I would say it's more of a Tex-Mex type burrito, though, where there are different compartments that don't go together really and he just tries to shove them all he's just basically throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks Mm -hmm. and mostly all the stuff on sarah silverman sticks yeah Uh, (laughs) uh good times that was my attempted um you know what i i won't i won't ruin it but i will say there is a certain presidential cameo in this film that i thought was very very funny (laughs) (laughs) 
I, see, see for, for me, even, like, the funniest part of that one was Seth MacFarlane's reaction to it. <laughs> that was, yeah, well, that was also funny, too, but, yeah. Um, but, uh, I think there's just that whole scene in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember now what he said his job was, but we'll, we'll <laughs> save that for off-camera, or off-camera, off I mean, off-mic. Yeah, off-camera. Anyways, uh, does anybody else have any last uh, comments? Uh, no. All right. Well, uh, I think then it's probably time to get into our verdicts. So, Carson, why don't you start start us off? Uh, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I, I think I would give it a recommend with a caveat, caveat being, I guess if you were like me and didn't like Ted, you might like this one more. Uh, but I don't know. I think mainly... Uh, like I said, for all the reasons that I, I really, you know, enjoyed, like the the production value and the, and the look of it, and 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 the overall like attempt to do something different. Uh, the other movie I thought of, which kind of reminded me of this, was uh, also The Hangover Part Three, which I think is another comedy movie anomaly. Like I feel like that movie wasn't really attempting to make you laugh but it was at least attempting to do something interesting and different uh in terms of like sequels comedy sequels but uh, for like a legitimate story which is why it impressed me no yeah and i mean i think that movie was more interested in being a straight up dark drama than uh a comedy and and i think uh you know i think i think that and your highness and and this film kind of fit in that sort of same category where you don't really know quite how to place them, but they are trying to attempt to be interesting and do something different. Uh, so I, I applaud it for that. And, and uh, I, that's why I think I'll, I'll give it a recommend with a caveat. Steven? I, I, I can't disagree with what any of you are saying. The only thing I can disagree with is how, whether that's enough or not uh, to make something a movie. And to me, I, I was impressed given the Seth MacFarlane bar that I've set, but that bar is not very high on my absolute scale of things that I'm impressed by. Um, it, it had some funny moments. The production quality was better than I expected. I, if I praised it, it's only because I would want him to do more things like this. I don't want him to go down the like hot rod route instead of let me just shove all this dumb humor yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy that he's trying to make something complete, but I still think the the manatees that pushed the idea balls for this movie could have worked a little harder. Um, could have could have worked a little harder to make something compelling. They could have had fewer sheep penises and diarrhea and all the other stuff that made me like just groan when I watched it. And if they are going to have the flat parts where they try to build up a story, I think they could have done a significantly better job of making that compelling. Uh, so I'll give it a pass with a caveat in that I really don't think many people need to see this movie. Uh, I don't think it brings that much to the table. And if you weren't considering watching it anyway, I far be it from me to tell you, like, no, you should give it a shot. Uh, but the caveat being, this is not nearly as terrible as it could have been. It had some funny moments, and at least f- for me, I had quite a few laugh-out-loud moments in the theater, enough to justify the price of the yeah. ticket. But that, in my mind, that does not make a good movie experience. That should be the like, the lower bound that you set on what you're okay with, not on what 
what you like. <laughs> At least not with the millions that must have gone into making this yeah. movie. Well, I, I am also going to give this a record with a caveat. And as like just like you said, Stephen, that you can't necessarily disagree with anything that we've said in, in support of it. I can't disagree with anything you said in, in uh, opposite of support for it. Um, but the thing is, like, this is a much smarter film than Ted. Like, it's it's actually trying to do something. Um, and when it tries to do those things, it is smarter. And I would love for Seth MacFarlane to be rewarded for attempting to do that and to continue on that trajectory as opposed to, like, going, well, well I tried to be a little bit smarter and it failed horribly. Let me go back and you know, either go back to Ted style or regress further down the uh, rabbit hole of family guide them from there. Um, I, I would, I just, I think it's a good pr- step forward. Um, and I, you know, the, the big caveat is that, you know, it's not going to land for everybody. It's, it's not, you know, it's not, a, you know, a laugh a minute. Um, but like you said, there are things that definitely work. Um, there are some very, very smart um, both satire and just clever jokes that are in there sprinkled throughout all the stuff that's not super great. Um, and, you know, it's got like a, a million really fun cameos like thrown in for no reason other than <laughs> yeah. just a per- like there, there's people who don't even have lines of dialogue that literally appear on screen and shrug. And then that's the whole joke. Um, but it's fun. And uh, like that aspect of it is fun. And it, it's cool to see that like somebody could just make this movie and all these people are willing to just participate in it just because like i'm assuming you don't get much money for appearing for all of for, for being frames. shot in a half second yeah and and we i think the uh the the shrugger cameo in this movie was also the best cameo in ted i'm trying to remember back to what that cameo in ted was but we'll, we'll talk about yeah, it off camera yeah. all right well um so that is our review i think we are we're done um carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com steven uh you can go to sdavidmiller.com twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or facebook.com slash sdavidmiller people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get uh most of the back episodes of the show while <laughs> i'm filling some of those back in um, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning to figure out when these episodes go live or like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the form on our contact section on the website at thespoilerwarning.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to A Million Ways to Die in the West. So hopefully you're enjoying that frontier music uh, more than people who lived in the frontier enjoyed their life. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me again. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say, by the way, if Seth MacFarlane is listening to this, which of course he is. um, Uh, Obviously. I'm I'm proud of the step forward that you made, and I think you should have more musical numbers in your next film because i think that is a strong suit of yours that made the academy awards good and you could have had more of it especially when you've got nph with you like you should have gone balls to the wall goofy musical old-timey had a blast well uh 
we we may or may not have an episode in the feeds following this for Maleficent. Um, Carson still hasn't seen it yet, <laughs> and um, once he sees it, and and Chris wasn't too hot about it, <laughs> yeah, so. well, and I did not intend to watch it. <laughs> once Carson's seen it tonight, we will talk and decide whether or not we want to record a review of that later in the week. <laughs> if for if for some reason I'm like, oh yeah, I was I was into it, <laughs> then we got to duke it out. <laughs> um, but more importantly, next week is uh, Edge of Tomorrow, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. Um, so. Oh, I thought. Go ahead. I thought I thought you were gonna be like, oh, oh hell yeah, the fault in our stars. Can't wait. I, I don't even know what the fault in our stars is. <laughs> it's the one with um, Shailene Woodley, and she's got cancer, and then the other dude's got cancer, and they fall in love, yeah, yeah. and somebody dies. How, it's it, it looks very Nicholas Sparksy. I've, I've honestly never heard of this movie. Wow, like they've shown the trailer I, a lot. Yeah, no, um, I remember the trailer of that. Huh. Yeah, it's, but wasn't it's it a, a book first? I think yeah, it was. it's a book. It's a book that was really popular, and uh, now it's a movie. And uh, yeah, but Edge of Tomorrow, I'm excited about. I was actually yeah last week. I went to a theater uh, down in Escondido, and I just sat behind, and I couldn't control myself, so I kept saying like, "Oh my god, so cool! <laughs> oh my god, so cool!" And yeah, this. <laughs> This douchebag in front of me, I didn't get a look at his face, but he turned around and gave me this look. Like, yeah, whatever. Very nice. <laughs> he was saying the same thing in his head. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But it does that look pretty. That is the movie it... you were talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, good. good. Edge of Tomorrow, sure. it does look pretty badass, yeah, though. I'm excited. Oh, I mean, totally. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Well, for... I mean, yeah. yeah. Anytime Tom Cruise goes sci-fi, it's pretty good. Except War of the Worlds. <laughs> All right, well, for everybody listening, the three of us are going to live and die repeatedly for the next seven days until we can get together to record our review of that movie. So enjoy, and we will all see you next week.